From the studios of their respective lounge rooms, a team of pyjama-clad TV tragics ready to slice, dice and dissect the best and worst of what's on the box. It's TV Binge Box. Hello, hello, hello and welcome to a brand new TV Binge Box podcast. I'm Dan Bennett, here with my small screen loving buddies ready to chat all that's hot and some of the stuff that's not on the telly right about now. How are you, Steve Mulk? What's going on? Oh, please don't. Hello, it's you, Draco Semenso. I know where that's from, and I, well, we'll talk about it later, but I hate where that's yeah. from. Oh. Mm, and rounding out the pack, Mr. Stephen Brook. Hi, Brookie. Happy Melbourne Cup Day. Today I'm brought to you by Mum Champagne. Oh, mm. this could be a little loose end. All right. Yeah. I always thought it yeah. was Mum Champagne, by the way, so it's Mum. Okay, got that. Just whatever you pronounce it, whatever way okay. you like, like, Joe. The important thing is to now. drink it. Yeah. The yes. correct pronunciation is more, please. Yeah, exactly. Yes. All right, coming up a little later, Brookie has our group binge for us and we'll discuss whether or not he's completely taken leave of his senses. <laughs> Plus, I've got a rewind this week. I'm keen to hear whether you guys were fans of this one back in the day. But first, let's get the oh. ball rolling with... Clap. Or Slap. Yes, it's time to find out what we've been watching. Joe, you were up first this week. What has been oh, on your watch list? Okay, so um, I've had a quite a nice little week um, devoted to my Hey You app, as always. Oh, yes. Uh, and Southern Charm has reappeared. I don't know if anyone else has ever done this. This is like no. Housewives. Yes, love oh, it. Oh, you love it, but for boys and girls, so it's not just the women. Um, no, it was a joke. I've oh, never seen oh, it. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if it's the champagne I've been drinking today, but you actually had me there. Oh, I was so excited. I thought we were going to discuss the ins and outs of Shep and all the people, all the gangs. So basically they're set in this ritzy, aristocratic town in South Carolina. And it's quite fascinating because you think the world has moved on, but in parts of America clearly it hasn't. And there are a lot of class distinctions. A lot of people still have weight staff, in-house staff. A lot of, uh, it's a real uh, microcosm of, of, of that real class system. It's quite bizarre mm-hmm. um, in this modern day age, if that makes sense. I'd love to have staff. Oh, wouldn't it be amazing? This one woman just has once. staff just to dress her little poodle. It's amazing. No, that's Good too much. So uh, <laughs> been doing that. Uh, then I have been also following closely, as I know, uh, Malkin, I think, Dan, you have as well, Seduced on Stan. Yes. At first, I was really thrilled with this because we've discussed how the vow was too dragged out and, and not linear mm. or something. It, it lost something in its storytelling. And I was thrilled with this initially because I thought it was going to pack a punch and, and get to the heart of Nexium. We're talking about the cult in which Keith Raniere, the uh, the leader of Nexium, has been sentenced last week uh, to, what, 120 years jail time for sex yeah. trafficking? Yeah, numbers, yeah. It's, uh, you know, the most amazing subject matter here and I find it amazing that two documentaries from two different uh, networks and this one is uh, the story of India focuses on one particular cult member India Oxenberg the daughter of dynasty star Catherine Oxenberg and it's very much just her story she actually wrote uh, wrote it and narrates it Um, but I was left underwhelmed by episode three again and I thought how can this fantastic subject matter 
not be made into a good documentary. Yeah, I'm with you, Joe. I watched episode three as well. Oh. Whereas the vow feels too broad, broad. it's not focused mm. enough. This is too narrow. This one is too 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 narrow, and it's yeah. You end up the same feeling story drama over again. You end up feeling yeah. like, well, you silly girl, why didn't you get out? There's, yeah. I don't feel. Yeah, it's a very very. When there are so many good documentaries made about not such interesting subject matters, mm. I find it bizarre. Okay. It feels really Just, weird. Yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say, it feels really weird that, the air quotes, the good guys in The Vow kind of feel like they're being painted as the bad guys. Okay. I think it's an interesting thing with this cult in particular, and I don't want to drag too much on this because we have discussed it. It's probably worthy of a group binge, to be honest. Um, but I think the idea, and it's a little bit like with Jeffrey Epstein with Ghislaine Maxwell, where you see, um, and in that particular documentary, they had the teenage girl who was a victim of the abuse, who then became mm. a perpetrator by eliciting fellow high schoolers at her school. When does the abused become the abuser? And we're seeing that oh, with Alison oh. Mack, and now she's the master of a set of slaves. But at one point, she was clearly a victim of this man. Yeah. So it's a very fine line, and, and one I don't think we will find out more about till um, all of those women and Ghislaine Maxwell are convicted themselves. Okay, on to um, the next show I watched, which was This Is Us. How did I not know about this oh. show? I stumbled across it on Channel 10 the other night. Like, I couldn't get onto anything else. And um, it's so me. How did I not know about this? I'm <laughs> sure you all know about this. It's sort of... 10 have done us a great disservice ah. in delaying it. Takes yeah. off from where parenthood left off for me. Fantastic. Obviously, a lot of melodrama. It's heartwarming. It's heart-tugging. It's like a soothing bath. It's got everything you need. Warm, fuzzy, cathartic. It's just delicious. I'm going to watch that one. Did Drunk History as well with Alex Favola um, and Steph Tisdell. I think that's her name, who delivers the story of Marianne Brugg, the first female bushranger. Mm. Special note here, I wanted to mention this because Grant Denyer is so good in this as a silly, uh, as the bushranger, but he's very silly and comical in it. But if he wants to give up his day job of hosting... Um, game quiz shows he really should get into uh situation comedy i really thank you for many ideas <laughs> i actually thought he was so good um i did rebecca as well brookie and i'm with you i loved it oh, i haven't great. done the original though and I, that's my Yay. next watch but i do implore okay. anyone to watch that i loved her and i mean i the story's fascinating and um oh goodness the british actress i have had a few champagnes today who plays Lily. the housekeeper oh Oh, oh, you know, um, oh my goodness, we're all going to hate ourselves. Four Weddings and a Funeral Lady. She's fantastic in it. The Stiff Upper wait, Lip. We, need we to do get Military Wives. No. Kristen. Keep going, we'll come. Kristen Scott, Scott Thomas. Thomas. She is I've never seen it. so good in this um, and she's she worth watching. Just excellent. Yes, she is. As Mrs. Danvers, the housekeeper. Oh, my goodness, the housekeeper you do not want. Um, So that was great. Okay, now to my clap. I stumbled upon this one by accident um, in those one of those ones where you've watched this, so you're going to love this. And boy, did I love this one. Uh, I am talking American Woman. I didn't know about this one. It's two Mm. years old. The lead is Alicia Silverstone. um, And it's set in the mid-70s. And it's about a woman who gets divorced and has to go it on her own and raise the kids and pay the mortgage. I know all your eyes are glazing over. But I love this so much. I watched it in two nights. I'm sad there's only one series. I know why there's only one series. The critics absolutely (laughs) destroyed it. I think they gave it a 40, you know, bucket rating of tomatoes. But Uh, um, 
I found out why I loved it and it was because it was actually written. It's the story, it's the TV series that Kim Richards, not Kim, Kyle Richards, if any of you watch Housewives of Beverly Hills will know, who is the auntie of Paris Hilton. Thank you, Dan, for recognising who I'm talking about. Yeah. It's based on her life. So her upbringing, it's the one that's in The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, So it's based on her life as a young kid and how they basically uh, did commercials and starred in TV series to, you know, keep the family afloat. So I loved it. Anyone who loves this kind of rubbish will love this one equally. Uh, (laughs) You've got it for fans only of the genre. I'm giving it a big clap. It's called American Woman and you can catch it on Instagram. All right. Thank you, Joe. Brookie, what have you got for us? Well, the great Sean Connery died this week Mm. and pleasingly Nine Gem immediately started showing Bond films. Yes. uh, It's a bit deja vu because I seem to remember (laughs) in early episodes I went on on about this rather a lot. (laughs) They had a double bill, Dr. No from Russia with Love, which I thought was a great tribute and the the right tribute for a TV station to do. They do this all the time in Britain when a big star dies. They clear the schedule and put on some of their greatest hits, and they should do it more in Australia, I think. I agree. Uh, Special shout out to Four Corners this week, which had a pandemic episode. Very simply done, very insightful. They just got a whole bunch of teenagers who are doing their final year of school and made them do some video diaries from all walks of life, some very Aussie blokes, people from the country, people doing performing arts in inner city Sydney, a really interesting young woman who lived in one of the tower blocks in Melbourne that was locked down. So it just had them recording their thoughts and feelings, introducing us to their families, how they're coping or not coping with school. And I thought really insightful, highly recommended and a good example of a current affairs show, thinking about what's relevant to viewers during this pandemic. So you can see that on iView, I'm sure. Catch up on that. I did watch the Melbourne Cup, I think in the way that most people experience it, in a very noisy, large room with the sound turned down for all the telecast until the race. What an exciting race. I don't feel I can judge 10's coverage because I didn't really see enough of it, but the actual race itself was a thriller. My main show this week is a British political thriller from the BBC. You can Mm. see this on Sunday nights on the ABC. It's called Roadkill. It's written by David Hare, who's one of the best playwrights of all time. I got slightly confused because I sort of vaguely saw a trailer for this and I thought, oh my God, Hugh Grant's in this one as well <laughs> as last week. We've been He's been very busy, but of course, no, it's Hugh Laurie mm. stars as a British politician. He's a government minister with a dark past who, as we open the series, has won in a highly unusually a defamation action against a newspaper. And he's desperate for promotion. He's a populist. He is a kind of... One of the lads um, makes much of his past being an unconventional politician, sound familiar, hmm. but up against him is this marvellously calculating Prime Minister, played by Helen McCrory, who both wants to contain him 
but also screw him over. Mm. And of course, in the background are the newspaper journalists who are desperately seeking some form of revenge. What I liked about this was that I found it totally convincing. And remember that show earlier from very similar theme also from the BBC Mother, Father, Son with Richard mm-hmm. Gere yes. that I actually turned off because I found some of the scenes in the set in the newspaper newsroom very early on totally unconvincing. Yeah. This, I think, really hit the spot. And I think it's because David Hare has done a lot of going around British institutions and just interviewing people off the record. He wrote a famous book about this called Asking Around, where he just went, stuck his tape recorder, interviewed prime ministers, ministers, didn't identify who they were, but just recorded what they said. So he really understands how power works. There's only one episode of this out at the moment, but uh, I found it pretty compelling. And uh, with all the best political thrillers, there's a lot of unexpected sex oh. where characters you don't expect start shagging each other and you're like, wow, okay. Really so is a newspaper. Yes. <laughs> uh, so partly because of that, not only because of that, I'm giving Roadkill, uh, iView and ABC Sunday Nights a big clap. Ah, nice one. I saw that um, advertised actually. It looked like it was right up my alley, so I'm glad yeah. you recommended that There's four that reps one. in that and I'm really keen to check it out now after mm. that bookie. Excellent. Well, you can come back and tell me if I'm right or wrong. Oh, don't worry, we will. Thanks, Brookie Mulk. What have you been watching? Uh, thanks, Dan. I, I did sit down and start writing out a whole bunch again of the, the serialised shows that I've been watching, like Seduced, like you know The Good Lord Bird, um, Fargo, which are all wonderful, and I commend them to you. But, friends, tonight's Clap or Slap, there's only one show. There's only <laughs> one show I can talk about. I've been looking forward to you talking about it. Oh, oh yes. my Jesus. God. So the second season, Chapter 9, the first episode of the second season, dropped on Friday on Disney+. Plus. This really has become their flagship series. That they're, I mean, you can get all of the Disney stuff, but this is made for this platform. It but is... Kind of unexpectedly, right, Mole? Oh, look, I, I think it's... it's They might have known that it was going to go big, but it has gone big within... Certainly within Star Wars nerddom. Uh, and general sci-fi fandom, because what they've done is a lot of really great storytelling within that Star Wars universe with characters that we have not seen before, maybe only even read about, uh, but connected it so well into that universe that you just believe that this is it's all a part of it, which it totally is. But as a television series and serial, it is delightful to watch. In fact, even just in this first episode, the set piece at the opener, that um, saw the Mandalorian turn up with the child, the little Baby Yoda character, to a fight. He's trying to. He's been uh, quested to go and deliver Baby Yoda back to his kind, uh, and he's trying to find other Mandalorians, people like himself, to help him find, you know, the, the Jedi who who would be they need to go to. And he goes to this dingy place. It, there's some big fight on, and the guy basically. Uh, 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 cuts him short and and tries to steal his armor from him and it, there's this great big fight scene it is so great to watch lots of humor lots of great pathos in it and and then we got what was ostensibly the star wars version of magnificent seven play out mm. for the rest of the episode it was so brilliant even down to the fact that john favreau who is the executive producer 
of this whole series. Um, he wrote this first episode just as he did the pilot. He directed this episode. He didn't get to direct any in the first series because he was too busy making the live-action remake of uh, The Lion King, but still deeply connected. But this is his first direction of this. He smashed it. Like, it is inc- funny and engaging and incredible, and they dropped the perfect little kind of tidbit right at the end of the episode that has just left Star Wars fans going, you are kidding me. Uh, it's going to be a brilliant series. I cannot. Well, I've already seen the episode three times, uh, and I'm going to watch it once more before <laughs> this Friday. This is what happens to Mulk when he can't get his hands on any preview. Yeah, <laughs> he just keeps watching what's available. Look, I'm not disagreeing with any of your assessment, Mulk. I do have two words to say to you, though, which I think encapsulates why this series has been so successful. Mm. Baby Yoda. Oh, oh yes. he's very cute. One hundred percent, and and the fact that they've gone with a lot of puppetry, physical kind of effects as well as digital effects to make all of that stuff work is why there's so much life and character in. I mean, you know, the child baby Yoda as much as all of the other you know parts to it. It's it's delightful. So many claps from me. Um, the most disappointing thing was, as Brookie said, you know, we didn't get previews. Disney, to their credit, did drop previews for reviewers at the same time as the episode dropped internationally. (laughs) So if you're a reviewer and you don't have a Disney Plus account, you could see it, but like, just get your damn Disney Plus account, right? It's brilliant. Do it, do it, do it. All right. Thank you, Malk. For me this week, I'm still loving SAS Australia on Channel Mm. 7, Junior MasterChef on 10, and I'm also dipping back into the block on Channel 9 as it approaches its final weeks. Yes. Um, It's Kind of a good time for the 7.30 slot on the commercial networks at the moment, so that's good to see. Uh, I also caught the second episode of The Undoing on Fox Showcase and am now 100% totally in love with it. Mm. I cannot wait to talk to you all about it more once the final episode drops in a few weeks. But in new stuff this week, on Sunday night, Channel 7 premiered Beat the Chasers, Mm -hmm. the primetime spin-off of the hit afternoon game show The Chase. So this variation sees all four Aussie chasers, the Shark, Super Nerd, Tiger Mum and Goliath, working together to defeat contestants. The format's a little different, but at the end of the day, it's still general knowledge, questions and answers. Lots of fun, perfect Sunday night family viewing. I enjoyed it a lot, except, and we have this complaint all the time, it went for too long. Yes. 90 minutes. What? 90 yes. minutes is too long. Network, Way stop it. Long. Just stop mm. it. Um... So, yeah, but it's very well worth a watch. That's Beat the Chasers every Sunday night on Channel 7. Does anyone actually win against the Chasers? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Oh, good. Yeah. Right. And it was left on a cliffhanger. The first episode ended on a cliffhanger with, I can't remember his name now, but evidently he's one of the best quizzes in the whole wide world. Because that, that's it. It's not just on. general public. They've got people who are hardcore Proper, yeah, quiz yeah. champions up against the Chasers. So it's, yeah. it's really hard. It makes for a good battle. Yeah. The second season of Condor premiered this past weekend on Stan. This is the show I mentioned last week, having just binged the first season. It's the CIA drama series starring Max Irons. After the events of season one, this season finds Irons' character Joe Turner travelling around Europe when he's approached by a Russian agent, of course, who says he can identify a mole within the CIA. 
And so that brings Joe back into the CIA world, all the duplicitous behind-the-scenes machinations that go with it as he tries to find out who the mole is. Mm. It's very 24, which is not a bad thing. Um, the fabulous Constant Zimmer co-stars this time around. Ten episodes again. I'm happy to report season two is just as strong as season one. Right. This series is definitely one to add to your binge list. Can't recommend it enough. Condor on Stan. And finally, I felt like a bit of a laugh, so I had a look at Sarah Cooper, Everything's Fine. Mm. So if you're on social media at all, you more than likely have seen one of US comedians Sarah Cooper's TikTok videos this year, where she appears as herself miming Donald Trump and the nonsense that comes swimming out of his mouth on the regular. It's been one of the absolute highlights of the year, having those little nuggets dropped every now and then. Um, She's so funny, so talented, and it's great to see her being rewarded with paid work and a growing profile, and that includes her very own scripted Netflix special. The setup with this one is that Cooper is the host of a morning cable TV news show called Everything's Fine, the idea being that the character is forced to put on a perpetual faux smile to assure people not to worry while the pandemic-plagued Trump world crumbles around her. Across the 50 minutes, you see the character slowly losing her mind. Um, there are lots of different bits in this special sketch comedy bits strung together under the umbrella under the umbrella of this morning TV show. Guest appearances for some really fabulous people: mm-hmm. Jane Lynch, Maya Rudolph, Winona Ryder, Fr- John Hamm, Fred Armistead, and most impressively by Helen Mirren, as she and Cooper reenact the infamous Access Hollywood tape where Trump and Billy Bush boast about grabbing a woman's. You know what? Um, that was a really fun bit. And look, I wanted to love this so much. I adore Sarah Cooper. I love all the people who starred alongside her here. The subject matter was on point and had the potential to be really searingly funny. But I have to be honest and say I only found myself chuckling a couple of times. The script by Cooper smacked of inexperience in the art of crafting a build and a clean narrative. So as much as I don't want to, I have to keep keep it real and give Sarah Cooper Everything's Fine on Netflix a slap. <gasps> But I want to be wrong. I really do. So please, mm. everyone, have a watch and drop me a line. Tell me I'm being too harsh. I really do want to hear that. Because I, do I thought it was just going to be me, Dan. I couldn't get past the first 10 minutes. I'd like without, like I watched it and then I just started skipping ahead, like moving and jumping. Because I just went, this is, I'm not, I'm not engaging with this. Yeah. So, I, yeah, it was disappointing. I was disappointed. But anyway, that's what we have been watching this past week. How about you listeners? Let us know. We would love to hear from you. We're at TV underscore binge box on Twitter or TV Binge Box Podcast Gang on Facebook. Speaking of Facebook, what were the highlights from our binges this week, Joe? Oh, look, there has been a lot going on. Um, after Brookie's quiz the other day, Clint Tice mm. was inspired, so inspired, he created his own quiz, so cute, yeah. with 10 different questions about the first 32 episodes of this very podcast. I feel Jesus. flattered and honoured, and I don't even know some of the answers, and I was here. Yes, no, no. <laughs> I was trying to work no, out right. uh, what show I only got some of the answers out of 20 from uh, us. I can't remember that. Mm, a I don't know show. some of the answers when I'm part of the question, and I still can't get the answers. I know, so check. <laughs> yeah, what free-to-air TV show yes. did we gave in totality give a- Five out of five and a half stars. <laughs> I can't collectively. Remember. I, we'll have to go. Anyone Clint, remember? Clint, you'll have to text us no. some messages. So check that out. Um, it's lots of fun. Amanda Jane Pritchard, Andrew Fox, and lots of others really mm. enjoying the West Wing reunion special that dropped a few days ago. Um, you can find that on Foxtel if you want to have a look. It's been a lot of love, and even today at this Melbourne Cup lunch I was at, there was a lot of women talking about Netflix's The Queen's Gambit. 
Um, so I, I really think I need to dive into that one for next week. Yeah, I've got to check that out. Yeah. And Michelle Lucas had a look at Can season... Can someone briefly tell me what that show is about? Because I'm totally intrigued now. Is it about chess? She's a chess genius, I think. Like okay, a okay, chess right, savant. Yeah. Move on. I'll, I'll yeah. let you know next week. Michelle Lucas had a look at season two of The Alienist, but was left feeling it wasn't as strong as season one. But mm. most importantly... We have to say a huge thank you to everyone who responded to our post about the Australian Podcast Awards. Yes. They are on at the end of November. We were we robbed. <laughs> we didn't get nominated, which, no. you know, look, I didn't expect it, but it would have been a nice little moment of joy for yeah. this year. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> they are on at the end of November and we're in the running for favourite podcast Um but the listeners decide this one. So please, if you do enjoy our little podcast, I mean, I'm not above begging. We'll love you forever. I'll, I'll, well, I was going to say I'll dance in the shower, but I'm already doing that on Instagram uh, today. Yeah, Jeff. So uh, I don't know what else I can offer, but we will love you forever. If you can take two minutes to shoot a vote our way, it's super easy. All you have to do is just head to australianpodcastawards.com forward slash vote and search for TV binge box and give us a little vote. We'd love it. Yeah, Yeah. please do. We would love that. (laughs) Thank you, Joe. Let's keep things rocking along now. It's time for Group Binge. Now, Stephen, (laughs) Mr. Gravitas. (laughs) Yes. Take it away. Uh, Yeah, I I can't even. Well, you're going to have to, Joe, because (laughs) it's a group binge. Uh, all right, everybody, Houzos is back. Mm. This time, though, it's Houzos versus Virus. The Aussie comedy about a bunch of Housing Commission residents of Sunnyvale has returned, but this time they're in lockdown thanks to the coronavirus. Once again, the man in charge of the show and the star is Paul Fedick, who also gave us the previous comedies Pizza... Swift and Shift Couriers, and the comedy reality series Bogan Hunters. He also made two previous series of Houses, which were on SBS. This time, though, it switched to Seven Mate. This program is comedy at its broadest. There is violence, swearing, sex, racial epithets fly thick and fast, but there's also disabilities, homelessness, junkies, and frequent run-ins with the authorities. To be honest, there's not a lot of plot. Paulie, that's Paul Fennick's character, Shazza and their mates go in search of alcohol or drugs, or alcohol and drugs, and in a nod to topicality in this first episode of season three, toilet paper. No surprise that it has been been no surprise that this program has been labelled TV for bogans. Now, look, I've been vaguely aware of, but are totally new to the Houses phenomenon and the work of Paul Fennick in general. But apart from his TV shows, Fennick's also got four films to his name, so he must be doing something right. Or is he? Just quickly around the group, I'd never seen an episode of any of his programs before. Joe, mm. Dan, what about you? Nope. Are you, to use a Houseosisms, are you both virgins to this 100%. material? 100%. Yes. And I want right. my Mark, what about you? Back. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, okay. I have seen a broad range of Paul's work. Okay. 
All right. Uh, well, I mean, the crucial question, this is Aussie comedy. I think the first and last question we just need to ask, ask is, did it make you laugh, Dan? No. It was, it was not funny. It was not clever. It was not well acted. I wouldn't have minded if it was crude, if it had any redeeming features at all, but it had none. Oh, sorry. I'm right. so in your camp. <laughs> I'm so in your camp, Dan. I, I honestly did not find one redeeming feature in this. You use that term comedy really loosely, Brookie, and if this is payback for Little Birds... <laughs> no, not at all. I, I wish I was as clever as that, but I... Um, I'd never seen an episode before, but I was aware of it, so I went in cold. And uh, what did Malk, you think? Well, I want to hear what Malk's Malk had more experience of this uh, of these programs. Than was was we this have. episode a bad portrayal of what he is apparently good at? Capable of, yeah. Oh, it's it, probably it, pretty typical, isn't it? It was very typical oh. of the kind of stuff oh. that you could. And let, let's let's throw in it, right? Fat Pizza helped break Rebel Wilson. As a comedic actress, well, I hate her too. In so. Australia, and she's gone on to international fame. Um, I, I, I am not a fan of this kind of comedy. I know a bunch of people that are, and they they love it. They love it whenever Paulie heaps of people go to pubs when he does. Like when he did his his bounty tour thing, whatever it was, bounty hunters thing. Um, he would go to the local pub and put on a stage show, effectively, put on a bit of a comedic thing, you know, that would get wildly out of control and a whole bunch of his fans would turn up and have a great time. So, you know, there's a segment of the market that are obviously right into it. Uh, Seven wouldn't throw money at him to make it and trust me, it's not heaps um, to do it if there wasn't people watching it. And look, there there is, but they're just not necessarily watching it at 8.30 on Monday nights. They're jumping on Seven Plus to consume it. Okay, so personally, Malk, what was your response? Did you laugh at all? Yeah, no, no. In fact, there are a couple of times when I was a little bit, a little bit shocked, and then a little bit just over it. Like, how long can I put up with somebody oh. screaming at somebody else on screen? Like, not even a, a spoken bit of dialogue, just yelling oh. at them, uh, and f and see this, and you know, whatever, whatever, and. Um, the thing that I found, if, if I can offer a redeeming feature, and I'm probably getting ahead of myself here, I thought that the way that Paul includes, I won't say that he writes, but includes characters from a broad spectrum of society. So uh, old mate that was in the wheelchair, getting around and, and doing those sort of things. Some of the characters are, are pretty Paul parodies or, or let's you could be stretching it to call it satire of different people. But the fact that they just include it, it's just a part of it. Um, like the acknowledgement that when you talk about people who live in a housing commission situation, particularly in a clustered group of houses, um, that sometimes it can be, we're just in this together and this is who we See, are and we can deal with all I, of the I took huge offence to this. Um, and as you know, I grew up in Maroubra. Mm. A lot of my friends, my first boyfriend, love him to bits still. Um, one of my best friends, they're all from housing commissions and it's not really something I ever thought about too much uh, in terms of them being any different to anyone else. So I took this as a hideous stereotype that was just foul, just really foul and really offensive. So I didn't find humour in in that at all because I just think it catered for the lowest common denominator and just assumed a whole heap of stuff that is just not worth assuming. I had to turn it off. It was complete rubbish. 
Absolute rubbish. Thanks, Brooklyn. I quite liked it. <laughs> you did not. I don't yeah. believe you. just to rile us yes. up. No, I, I quite enjoyed it. I mean, look, it was a bit one note, and I think it's not Big. one of those programs that you want to binge watch because one episode itself is hard to take. I thought it had some quite good energy about it. I laughed when Brendan Jones popped up as mm. a representative of the government doing a cameo. I quite liked its kind of anarchic, anti-authoritarian streak. I think it did have a bit to say about the ridiculousness of the pandemic and the lockdown and how Australia has turned into such an officious nation full of authorities who, you know, as it pointed out, uh, screw down people from the lower working classes housing commission in a way that people who are wealthier aren't. I thought it was over the top. I thought it was following a rich tradition of Aussie slapstick comedy such as Mo McCackney ostentatious and kevin bloody wilson oh, all hideous characters as well sorry i had to endure them in a pub no- <laughs> not too long ago and i think i walked out and i've got to say this when have we seen a disabled person in a wheelchair on australian television in any kind of context uh whereas he's one of the main characters in this show i think that's what you were getting at Mulk, mm. people of different diversity and it's not paying lip service to that but it's kind of showing that there's no question that paul leans in pretty hard to some of the stereotypes to to try and elicit humor um and i think because that's just part of the 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 gag i mean you you noted uh, brendan jones did you see john mangos there as the the news reporter um pop up uh and that's another one of paul's um i guess kind of hallmarks is that he likes to grab um I'll say celebrities and put them into some of these kind of bit roles, just sprinkled liberally throughout the place. Angry Anderson had uh, a big number of I moments thought in was that Angry Anderson? Yes. Okay. Right. As like the okay. bikey gang leader. Um, yes. And unfortunately, okay. when he passed away, uh, he was the narrator of one series, uh, and he passed away during the filming, so they had to actually change the narrator um, in the process. Um, so that was, he is dead, isn't he? Or am no, I thinking about someone else? No, no, oh, no. Are you talking about Angry Son? Angry Son was uh, tragic. I might be thinking of somebody else. My apologies. Killed. No, Angry Anderson is still alive. Mm. I thought I did see him in the background of one of those scenes as a, as a bikey. Um, I, I mean, to get back to the original There's someone question, else I did. Do- <gasps> I apologize. It was um, Ian Turpy. Ian Turpy was in one of the series. He was the narrator. My apologies. And he okay. passed away. Apologies for the mix-up. I, I was, you're the only person I know who could mix up Angry Anderson and the Interpy. <laughs> However, um, so I did think it, it had some redeeming qualities. I'm not going to binge watch it. I don't. So think you sat I'll... through the whole thing with that revolting language and those disgusting characters and and enjoyed that. I don't believe you, Brookie. <laughs> I did laugh in parts. I, I thought it was it, it was it was trying to say something. It was kind of clever and fun hmm okay joe doesn't seem convinced no i just found it really um yucky that that's the kind of stuff i don't like to see in the street or you know Mm -hmm. i just found it really maybe it's uncomfortable for me to watch does that say something about me i just 
just not something I want to watch on TV. Certainly not something I'd want my children to ever see in real life or on TV. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just comedy that is trying to appeal to teenage boys, basically, isn't it? That's what I got for it. It's interesting because I went back and I read about Paul Fennick mm. and he says, look, there's a 20% layer of nice, polite society, which is what everyone in the media is in. And then there's the real Australia, which is multicultural. Everyone is very blunt. Everyone is quite rude to one another. Everyone uses those racial epithets, but everyone gets on because they are encountering these people every day. They're part of their community. They're part Look, of their neighbours. I, I agree Australian television has a sort of problem with showing poverty and, and as you said, a lot of fringe dwellers. Um, something that I think SBS does tackles well in some of their documentaries, like I think Struggle Street kind of shows those kind of characters that are addicted well, this, to drugs and living in tents or or what have this you. This was an SBS show, um, which yeah, is was. another fascinating but thing, I, isn't it? I don't think these particular characters are so hideous. I just felt that was um, you, there was no light nuances in any of them. There was no, mm. as we said, redeeming features, nothing to love. Maybe if you get to know some of the characters more, could you? I don't know. I don't think I could to get to know them, to fall in love with any of them. But, um, I, yeah, I, I think it's shock factor for shock factor's sake. You know everything about each one of those characters the first time you meet them in this episode. Right. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I don't think you're getting much else. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay, well, <laughs> that is it. Let's uh, give some scores out. Dan. Look, I... Yeah, um, it made me actually a bit angry watching it because even though it wouldn't have been a very big budget, the fact that this gets to count towards yeah. Australian quota and any money was given to it, I found a little bit uh, anger-inducing. I am not willing to leave the door open to encourage anyone to watch it. I'm giving it zero stars. Mm, me too. Absolutely zero, big fat zero, nothing to watch here move on. Oh, Mulk, Mulk. This is this. Ouch. Look, we may be beating our own. Um, this is a new one for the Clint. Ever. We are, I think. Yeah. Um, it, it may it may surprise you that in the Channel Seven preview portal they have five of the six episodes available, and I watched all five. Oh my god! Oh, how? Why? Uh, look, I can tell you that in uh, Paul writing the scripts, there's a lot of copy paste. Um, oh god! Copy paste as... in the first episode. Like this, surely there's not. Yeah. Anyway. How did Mate, it win a Logie? How same, did same it again. win a Logie? I How don't does even... anything win a Logie? People vote for it. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I, look, if you are a fan of um, How's Those, independent of what we've said, you'll be watching it and you'll be loving it. Uh, I'm not a fan. I appreciate what it does. Uh, two stars for effort. Okay. Rookie. Bring it home, Rookie. <laughs> New low. Well... <laughs> I found it reasonably entertaining and I acknowledge the uh, my learned podcast group members, but I'm <laughs> going to give it three. Oh, get Shabang. out I... of here. Yeah, why not? Um, well, because it's <laughs> That's no the best. That's my nuts. I have to tell why, you. Why am I the one who is defending this show? I have to see Joe and Dan's face. When when you said why not, Joe and Dan's face, collectively the blood rushed out of their faces. They were ready to, what is he doing? 
So good. All right. Well, I'm considering giving you a red card, Brookie. I'm not sure if you can be trusted with Brook Binge again <laughs> yeah. for a long time. So anyway, Mulk, you're in charge next week. What have you got? Yeah, yeah. I, got for us? Dan, I'm throwing us to the complete other extreme of Ooh, uh, okay. television. And that is that our Group Binge next week is a West Wing special to benefit when we all vote. This is the theatre staging of the yeah. season three, episode 14 of the West Wing. Uh, it's known as Hartsfield's Landing. That, uh, Joe, I think Joe mentioned, was some of the buzz uh, around the Melbourne yeah. Cup thing. Uh, it is available on Fox One and on Catch Up because it's airing while we're doing this. And it's been on binge since Monday, which is full congratulations to them. There was some conversation that this wouldn't be turning up, um, but they managed because it's it was made as a fundraiser for a not-for-profit called When We All Vote to encourage people, a non-partisan organisation chaired by Michelle Obama to get people to get out and vote. That's that's all it was. We will talk more, but it's obviously Aaron Sorkin writ large, the bulk of the West Wing cast return in it. Uh, Friends of mine who are West Wing nuts have seen it multiple times already. (laughs) And is is, am I right in thinking it's a... A recreation of one of the existing episodes. Is yeah, it is a. Uh, I'll yeah. say scene for scene. Certainly, it's you know the the the, the television episode performed yeah. as a stage play. Okay, cool. and it's only where unfortunately uh, you know uh, people have passed that they are replaced, but everyone else has returned. Returned. All right, good stuff. Thank you, Mark. I look forward to checking that one out. Gang, it is almost time to wrap this bad boy up. But before we go, let's take a quick dive into. Rewind. Okay, so I haven't done a rewind in ages. I'm very no, excited about this. And I have sound, okay? So Uh-oh. you know, know how good I am at tech, so let's see how this works. Good. So I'm going to play the theme. This is a British sitcom. It ran for nine seasons. Brookie, I, you might be my hopes to get this one. From 1982 mm. to 1992. Yes. Have a listen and see if you recognise this. <laughs> I got it. Oh, you got it? Yes, I've got it too. Joe, do you know this one? No. What if I was to tell you about the Madonna with the big boobies, Joe? Bavin Clomp. All right, so it's the classic BBC series, Aloha Low. It's a fabulous farce starring Gordon Kay as French cafe owner René Artois during Mm. the German occupation of France in the Second World War. René has to deal with problems caused by a dishonest German officer, a local French resistance leader, a stolen painting and a pair of trapped British airmen, all while concealing from Mm. his wife the secret affairs he is having with his waitresses. It's silly, it's bonkers, it's cartoonish, but if you're willing to surrender and go on the ride, it is really, really fabulous. Lots of great catchphrases. Listen very carefully. I shall say this only once. Only once. Um, Good moaning. I just adore this show. It is one of my all-time favourites. I never get sick of watching it. I have the entire series, all nine seasons oh, on DVD. Oh, Brookie, you are you yes, proud of me? Yes, I am. <laughs> I love you. that. I have them in my cupboard still. But the series is also on regular rotation on Fox Classics. Catch it if you can. It is comedy gold. I was going to ask if you guys were fans. Joe clearly has no idea what well, I'm no, talking about. No, I do. <laughs> I, I did Only Fools and Horses, which is sort of in the same bag, uh, okay. I think. Uh, yeah. But no, I never did Aloha. I know there's a lot of love for it, though. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, peeps. I'll stay out of rewind again for a while, I think. <laughs> that brings us to the end of Can this week's Can you actually pod. watch it on uh, it's currently streaming or do you have to go into on your... D- oh, on Fox Classics. Sorry, you yep. said that. Or you can borrow the DVDs. I'll lend them out to anyone who wants them. It's just it's, an amazing show, really. Like, it's yeah. just, all of it's everything. And it's it was serial silly. storytelling too. Like, it was each episode was a cliffhanger that got picked up in the next episode. So very atypical for a sitcom. Yeah. Mm. Rookie, were you... Oh, I was going to say... Um, Never was uh, never was I more excited one day at the Guardian when we got approached by someone who was doing some sub-editing work, a journalist, who turned out to be Richard Gibson, oh. who played her flick. Yes, you are kidding. I'm not kidding. Amazing. I'm not kidding. It was the, the first most amazing thing it was ever. Inexplicably recast in the final That's season. Right. Do you remember that? Yeah, look, they, I don't remember that. Gordon yeah. Kay dined out on LOLO. Lo for uh, they, he toured the world with a stage show. With stage party, after, yeah. yeah, after it finished, yeah. and I think it even went into theatre restaurant territory. I mean, it was that yeah, kind of in, yeah. insane. I did love the one device out of all of it that I thought was comedic brilliance was the yeah, change so in accent. Yep, I and knew you could bring that up. The differential yeah. between how they understood and communicated French and German, yeah, so yeah. brilliant. Yeah, and it was just silly, but effortlessly silly and you couldn't help but smile and laugh along yeah all right that is this that is it that is us for this week a huge thanks as always to our binge boxes mock joe and brookie where can we find you on the socials mock i'm at steve mock everywhere friends do not sit on your hands get out and vote australianpodcastawards.com forward slash vote <laughs> search out tv binge box i will give you a free pass on reviewing and rating us this week go and vote Please do. Joe, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me, hashtag Jiffing, uh, yes. on uh, Joe Casamento1 on Twitter and at joe.casamento on Instagram. Your bathroom must be sparkling, sparkling. with all the Jiffing it you're is. doing. So it much Jiffing. <laughs> See yourself in those tiles. Don't squeeze that bottle too <laughs> And Brookie? I am at Viscount Brookie. Tell me what you thought of Houses. Oh, goodness. Mm. Yeah, actually, if anyone, if anyone enjoyed it and wants to give it three stars... I feel bad. I mean, because I know it's on. Australian and I, I kind of like Paulie, but um, the show... Ugh. Yeah. All right. I'm at Dan M. Bennett on Twitter and underscore Dan M. Bennett on Instagram. Thank you for listening, everyone. We look forward to your company again next time. Until then, we're out. Bye. Bye.